Welcome to another episode of the Impel Ford Podcast. I'm your host, Leon. And today I have with me Lisa, is it Urena? Urenia. I don't know how to say it like that. <laughs> I don't know. Say it again? Urenia. Urenia. I ain't going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. She's a little nervous, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get it. through it. <laughs> now, I like to start off just diving right into it. You did five years in prison, is that correct? I did, from 2007 to 2012. How old were you when you first went in? I was 25, and I came out at 30. And what, what type of crime did you have? Yeah, I had first-degree burglary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, when we got arrested, because I had a co-defendant, um, they were came to my son and were like, you're a good girl, you're a military veteran, you're raising your nieces. We'll let you go home right now mm-hmm. if you'll sign this paper and testify. And I was like, why don't you just take me back to my cell? Well, you're a military veteran? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Okay, what what branch? I served in the army, Fort Hood, all day. Okay, Fort Hood, <laughs> Fort Hood. How long were you in army? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay, so how, what what led to your, uh, should I say, life of crime, or was it one incident, or? No, I mean, I think where you're from, certain places, mm-hmm. and there's certain things you're exposed to, and then you have people counting on you. You make choices. Mm-hmm. So, my sister had seven kids by the time I was 16, mm. and she was unfortunately living a certain kind of life. So a lot of times there's no lights, there's no food. So I started really like stealing food and getting money to take care of my nieces and nephews who was Mm. under me. And that just led to meeting more people and finding out other ways. Mm. Fortunately, I had some good people in my life who were like, okay, you could be out here with us doing things, but you better go to school and graduate. Mm -hmm. So they were pushing me and feeding both sides of who I am. Mm. Um, And so that really propelled me forward to Always be street, but always be smart. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the gentleman I was involved with at that time got arrested by the feds. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I left the state and joined the military, like trying to get away, but didn't really get away. Was still just always handle business and always handle business. So you was doing that before you went to the military. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what? How? Why did you get out the military? So at the time, I told you my sister had seven kids. Mm-hmm. She ended up having the eighth baby. Mm-hmm. The seventh one I always had living with me, even when I was still in Florida. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the military, if you're a single parent, you have to be able to leave your child in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and go. Mm-hmm. Who am I going to leave the baby with? Right? right. So I got out honorably, but I did get out because I had custody of my niece, and she was my priority. Mm. So what what happened once you went to prison, as far as you having out your sister and... When I went to prison, um, I called from the jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as I got arrested, I knew I was going to prison. Okay. Like, I just knew it. Right. And so I called home and said, get the money, get my debit card, send her home. Mm-hmm. So she went back to Florida to stay with my mother, and then I just did my time. So was it just you it and your sister? How many? No, it was so brothers? Oh, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So my mom has three mm-hmm. above me. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. I was a surprise because she was cutting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was the baby, and then my sister had the eight. And then I just really took a lot of responsibility for those eight. Okay. So how how did you feel, you know, living that life and doing things in the street, you know, getting in trouble, crime, it led to you not being there actually for your sister. Yeah. How did you feel once that happened? I mean, so honestly, it wasn't even about my sister because mm. I feel like she's grown. She's 12 years older than me. She made her choices. Mm. But for her children, especially for six daughters, mm-hmm. I always literally would put myself on the line for them. Mm-hmm. So I did carry a lot of guilt. But what I did during that time was write letters. I mean, I know everybody writes letters, but mine wasn't about promising anything for the future. It was explaining my past to my mom, my brothers, my sister, mm-hmm. and all my nieces and nephews to say, these are the things that happened to me when I was younger. This is what caused me to live a certain kind of life. I don't blame any of you. I just want you to know. 
And so I felt a lot of guilt for leaving them in that situation, which is part of why when I got home, it was immediately grind the right way this time, and which took longer right. and was a lot harder. Right. Um, but it was really as soon as I could to be, be there for them again. Now, did you ever think, okay, while doing those things, did you ever think that you would have to su suffer the consequences? Say, say like you, you're doing this to help your sister out, doing yeah. things to help your sister out and their kids. Yeah. Knowing that there's a chance that she was going to get locked up. Did you ever think that, well, I need to do something right so I can still be out here for them, to help them? Because yeah. I know if I get caught, I'm going to prison. I can't help them at all. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because when I got out the military, part of me leaving Texas was that, mm -hmm. was recognizing I have to live an entirely different life. Like, at this point, I'm in my 20s. I have my niece. She's getting older. She's in school now. And I can't do this. And so I left. I left Texas and came to North Carolina thinking this is it. I'm going to just work and be good and do all that. And then I fell in love with a guy. And I thought, this big old country boy is not doing none of these things. Oh, my God, you're just like me. Right. And so it kind of fed that. The night we got arrested, I'm telling him, like, babe, we too old for this. We're 25. We have everything we want. Mm -hmm. And we both had good jobs. So there was no reason except that thrill, the adrenaline rush, and me being I love him. I have to be there to support him. Mm -hmm. So even when we get there and he goes, I'm like, please don't. I could have turned around and left him, but I chose to stay. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't blame anyone but myself for that. So I knew it felt like it was time to stop. It mm -hmm. felt like it did. But sometimes when you are broken, you're looking for someone to fix you. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for someone to answer. You won't make the right decision for yourself because you're trying to make a decision to keep them. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so how long were y'all together? Before Not that long. happened? Yeah. Five years. Five years. Five years before that, then the five years of prison, and we got married. We divorced now, but mm -hmm. we been, we was together a long time. Oh, so so what? So being that you, what did you did you learn anything in prison, or as far as? Oh, you already had had in your mind like, when I come home, I'm not getting in more trouble. Yeah, I like the same way I knew the night I got arrested, what was going gonna happen? Mm. I knew I will never again. Like this is it for me, and so I just really became excellent at whatever. Mm. Um, like I got assigned to the road squad my third year, mm. and usually you know people just pick up along the side of the road. No, nope, not me. I'm all the way down in the ditch, rolling up whatever I can because the longer you work and mm. you being productive, the longer you're outside the prison. All right. Okay, benefit. Right. So for me, it always became, here's this system, and here's all the things they're telling me I got to do. I'm going to be excellent at it mm -hmm. so I can do more because, again, the whole goal is out of prison. Right. Um, so I got the job my last year at the governor's mansion. Mm -hmm. And even that, it's 8 to 12. I'm their personal housekeeper, just going there, not me. Mm -hmm. I'm cleaning like they ain't never seen no one <laughs> clean before. I'm doing projects and right. everything possible. And I took a four-hour-a-day job and made it an eight-hour-a-day job, mm -hmm. right? If you can have, if you are good at something, just do it. Even if you're not good at it, work at it till you're good. Mm -hmm. And when you can prove your value, they'll work their butt off to keep you around. You don't even have to ask, right? Right. So I just had that attitude, and it served me well even now. So you always had a good work ethic in a bad way and a good way. Yeah, I think <laughs> no matter I, what. I don't know if it's the Cuban side or the Dominican right. side, but right. we grew up learning how to work. So right. <laughs> yeah, just using it wherever I'm at. Right. That's yeah. good. That's good. So what was your first job when you came home? So I got a job at the Umstead Hotel and Spa. Mm -hmm. There's only five star, five diamonds mm -hmm. and in the in the state. And mm -hmm. then, again, they've never hired someone with a criminal background. Right. So it's like going in there. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, we can't let you be around any guest. We don't want you doing anything. So right. you can do overnight cleaning. Right. And that's cleaning like the restaurant and the spa mm -hmm. and the, the common areas. Mm -hmm. And then I just kicked butt at that. And right. it, it's always this thing. Don't tell anyone. 
that we hired you because right. we have a reputation. Mm -hmm. And then I started signing up for banquets, mm -hmm. like to make extra money, extra shifts. And one day the food and beverage director came and he was like, Lisa, I want to talk to you. I'm boohoo crying, like, oh my God, they found out and uh -huh. I'm going to get fired. Yeah. And he said, no, you work 8.30 to 5 a.m., right? I said, yes, I get off at 5 in the morning. He said, every morning I come in at 4, you're high energy, you're motivating people, you're doing a great job, I want you to come work in the office with me. Mm -hmm. So that becomes my first <laughs> office job. Did He knew you had a fellow? He didn't know. He so didn't know. I, And then I had to have the conversation with him, and mm -hmm. he was like, I don't care, I see mm -hmm. what you can do. And mm -hmm. so that was, like, my first time, like, right. getting an office job. So you had a similar experience that I had. So I had, um, I told this before, I had a, when I, I was working a temp yeah. on a job, and the manager at the time, I told him that I had a felony. Yeah. And it was a question that was kind of worded funny. And he said, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, He got fired later on. Oh, okay. And Human Resources called me. I, I forgot how long it was. Yeah. They called me in later on and asked me, why didn't you tell us about this? Mm -hmm. I said, well, Eric told us, told me that it was okay, yeah. this and that. But they liked how, how I worked, you know. So yeah. I went to work every day. I always showed up. Yeah. And did, my, did my job. Yeah. 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 And it, it pays off at the end. Yeah. I understand people are scared of us. I don't respect that you're scared of us, right. but I understand that you're scared of us. Yeah. But you'll never find, it's egotistical, and I recognize that. Right. But you'll never find no one like me. Right. If you let me in, I will change your whole company. Right. Right. So take a chance. Right. Um, and thankfully, I've been able to live up to that so far. So. That's good. That's good. So how, how long did you stay there at the at the Umstead? Umstead yeah. So I stayed there even through getting another job. So I got there in 2012, mm -hmm. and I stayed till 2016. Mm -hmm. So one thing since 2012, I've always had numerous jobs. Mm -hmm. Like 2020, I had six jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working seven days a week, all day, every day. Right. Um, yeah. So did you always, so the question, was the question of you being a felon on the applications or? It was. I mean, it was always, they, they hadn't started Ban the Box yet, so it was always there. But, I mean, one thing I learned was how to talk about it right. um, and be honest. And then the hiring manager might like me, and human resources will say no. But now the hiring manager is fighting for me, yeah. and it'll escalate, escalate, escalate. Yeah, and so I, man, yeah man, you had a, we had a couple, <laughs> we, had, we got a couple similar similarities. Another job I, I went to, and um, I just went into human resources, and I told the lady, I talked to her. Yeah. And she said she'd get back with me. Yeah. And she said, I'm going to hire you because, you know, you was honest with me. You told me a story. You seemed like, you know, you're ready to work. Yeah. And she hired me. I love that. So it's all about, I, I'm not going to say selling yourself, but being honest. Mm -hmm. And you got to know within yourself that you're ready to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. I learned recently that the difference between even honesty and vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? Honest is, yeah, I have a criminal background. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is, look, I made a choice. And this is where it led me, mm -hmm. but this is where I'm at now. And right. can you accept that? Right. Like giving someone else a chance too. Like I'm asking you for a chance, but mm -hmm. I'll give you one. So. Right. right. Now tell me about your shirt. What is that? Darkness Rising Dark Project. What is what is that? So Darkness Rising is a mental health organization that's focused on the black community. Mm -hmm. um, and it was launched by black Broadway actors and musicians. Okay. They started getting a lot of call from people who've been formerly incarcerated and saying, I want to talk about it, the trauma and the PTSD mm -hmm. that comes from that. And so they launched Rebuild. And what we do at Rebuild is anyone, I don't care if you got out 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or yesterday, we will match you with a black therapist mm -hmm. and then we will pay for your first 10 sessions. And one session can be like $150. Mm -hmm. So even if you want it, is it in your budget? Can you afford it? So we're trying to take that cost and say, we'll connect you. The beauty of it is, 
you might not want to go in person, and that's okay. You just tell us what you want. You want virtual, you want in person, you want video, no video. You want someone to focus on childhood trauma, whatever you want, we will do the work to find it for you. And then you show up one time for a 15-minute consultation. If you don't like them, no harm, no foul. You tell us what's wrong and we'll fix it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do the hardest part just to help you heal if you want to. All right. And where's it where's it located at? So we are we're virtual. We are okay, all virtual, virtual. But it was launched, so Darkness Rising launched in New York. Mm -hmm. We have our offices here in um in Raleigh. And then those of us who are therapist connectors who work with the community, all of us have been justice impacted. Mm -hmm. Injustice impacted. <laughs> so you said that, that started from rebuild? Darkness Rising. Uh -huh, Darkness Rising. Launched rebuild. It launched rebuild. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now speaking of have you ever gotten any Therapy, mental health. Since I just you? started last year. Oh, okay. it's wait a minute. How long you been in the company? Uh, last since last year. And you just started getting. <laughs> yeah, I just started getting okay. therapy when you started. So, well, I tried getting therapy in 2014 mm -hmm. because I have a lot of trauma from childhood. Right. I have trauma from prison. I have trauma. Period. Right. And then I'm triggered, and I don't even know what triggered means. I just know I'm feeling all these things, and I'm doing right. things that I shouldn't be doing. Right. And so I tried therapy. And they connected me to a white therapist, and I'm not mm. knocking them. Mm. But I am saying you don't understand what it is to be where I'm from. Mm. You don't understand what it is to be the one who made it. Right. Even me being in prison, mm. I'm the one in my community who made it. Right. Listen to how that sounds. Yeah. And that's a lot of responsibility. I told you about my sister's kids. Mm. Just because they're grown now, they have their own kids, but they're still home and in a certain life. I carry that. Mm. When my parents get sick, that's my responsibility. How you navigate people's stories and pain all day when you're still walking through your own? Mm -hmm. So I tried going to a white therapist. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my next question. How, how do you do that? Well, now I have therapy. Okay. And for me, I, I'm not, people like to say words, right? Mm -hmm. You're so strong. You're so perseverant. No, I'm not. I'm desperate. Right. Every day I'm desperate. I'm not going back. Mm -hmm. I will never be hungry. I will never be this. There's all these things I will not do. I'm desperate to make it. So a lot of times through my triggers and everything, I'm just showing up trying. But then when I go home at the end of the day, I got nothing left. Mm -hmm. Therapy really helped me figure out how to have something left for myself, how to care for myself so I can serve others. Wow. You said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. So. That, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so with, um, you also work with SWIT too? I work. I, w I still have a lot of jobs. I work yeah. with SWIT. Wow, you're a hustler. <laughs> yeah, I try. And we're, we're building out the curriculum. So one thing is, I realized when I got out, the day I got out, mm -hmm. and this six foot five, all muscle bound PO comes, and he looks down at me. He's like, oh, I can see I'm going to have trouble out of you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be watching you, bro. I just got out. And then I get to the transitional house, and they give me four pages of rules and regulations mm -hmm. while telling me I owe you money in two weeks. Right. And the PO want their money. I got out with a $40 gate check. What am I supposed to do? Getting out that day and mm -hmm. I, listening to all that, I got into upstairs to my room, and I was like, oh, my sentence starts now. Mm -hmm. My sentence wasn't for five years. So I worked with SWIT, and they've done long years, mm -hmm. right? 25, mm -hmm. 30, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Your sentence was shorter than mine because you went in there and you did your time and you came home to a family that supported you, to a house to embrace you. You had everything and you could just go. And I, I respect that. Mm -hmm. For f I did five years and then every day has been like coming out since. So SWIT now is working on the curriculum mm -hmm. to go into the prisons and work with them before they come home. Mm -hmm. How can we set you up so that when you get out, you're already ready. Right. You don't have to feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. Right. So... <clears throat> you can bring, 
I don't. The job you have now. Yeah. The job we talked about off camera. Yeah. With. It's. It's. it's I don't want. I want. Just I'm gonna leave it up to you to bring it up where, where you work at. But okay. you in human resources. Yeah. So I am currently the human resource department manager uh -huh. um, at Duke University School of Medicine, specifically the Duke Cancer Institute. With a felony. With a felony and no degree. And no but, degree. But a lot of skills and passion. <laughs> How did you get that job at Duke? Man, I think. So I got the job at the hotel, mm -hmm. which got me a job at Step Up Ministry, mm -hmm. being an employment counselor, mm -hmm. which launches me to get a job at Wake Tech and become an adjunct instructor, mm -hmm. then brings me to Step Up Durham, mm -hmm. and just constantly moving. And there's a volunteer there who's amazing at Step Up Durham. Mm -hmm. And I had been there already three years. Mm -hmm. And she came to me and said, there's a job at Duke. And I told them, you'd be perfect for it mm -hmm. if you want it. So then I did four months of interviews and constant like answering. Mm -hmm. But that's how I got the job. Is being excellent when I didn't know anyone was watching. And I'm not excellent like I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I think I'm excellent because I will show up anyway. Because mm -hmm. at Step Up Durham, we're serving people like us who come home and don't have resources and don't have access and maybe don't have community. Or they have all that and just don't know how to go about using it. Mm -hmm. And that was the job. So I'm just showing up doing what I believe in every day. And someone saw that and, and said, I believe in you and you can do this. So there's a question that will come up. Well, she knew uh, mm -hmm. about my background. So my first interview was with the chief human resource officer. Mm -hmm. And the interview's going great. And he's like, everything she said about you is true. I would think I'd be really excited to work with you. And I said, I think I should let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to let you know. And, and we had a very frank conversation right. about it. But I'm not ashamed mm -hmm. of my story. I'm not ashamed. Look at where it put me, right. you know? So I want everyone to know that we can all do it. I don't want to be the exception right. and sweat. Those guys are amazing. I don't want us to be, oh, my God, they made it. I want us to make it. And everyone gets to define what success is. Mm -hmm. Maybe people don't want to be human resources, but there shouldn't be all these things holding us back from even having an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So do you uh, – I know people would see this interview. How would that do, – do, do you think that would affect you at your job? I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm nervous, but I'm not scared. Uh -huh. If that makes sense. Uh -huh. And the Umstead, right? They never hired someone like me before. Right. And now we're all in there. Uh -huh. Wake Tech never hired, and now we're all in there. So I think everybody has a passion. You should have a reason. You fight every day, and for me, it's that. I'm a fight for those who can't fight for themselves. I want to go in and do my best so that it's not weird or mm -hmm. scary for us to go work somewhere and be honest about who we are. Right. Um, so I really feel like if somebody put me here that wasn't a person, mm -hmm. so only he could move me out the way. Right, right. <laughs> now, would you, would you do any? you think you'd do anything different with all of your, your experiences? Would you have done anything different? At which, at which point? No. No. You know, I I had my mother mm -hmm. and father, but I didn't grow up with them. I was bounced around a lot mm -hmm. um, every year from 1988 until I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. I bounced and bounced and bounced. Then I finally lived with my mother. She puts me out two years later. Then I'm in the projects with my sister, and I'm doing all of that. Mm -hmm. And through all of that, all the things that happened to me, none of my nieces could say it happened to them. Right. I did my job. Did I did what I was supposed to did do. Did you say you finally met your mother? No, I finally went to live with her, oh, okay. but then she put me back out. I, w I was already cutting up by then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nothing ever happened to my nieces. I did my mm -hmm. job there. And then I went in the military, and I did my job there. Right. And then I came home, and even though I followed the wrong person, I made that choice. So I didn't betray him. I took my time. 
not like a man, but like me. I took my time, I mm. gave my time, and I came home. And because I've done everything the way I have, it's created opportunity for others. Mm -hmm. um, so there's nothing to regret about that. Right. So where do you go from here? Do you, as far as you're working, well, you work in a lot of places. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you work in a lot of places. Yeah. What, what would you give, I know you said a lot, but what would you give to somebody who's struggling, coming out of prison, mm -hmm. or just struggling in life to move forward mm -hmm. and have the confidence they can, that they can do certain things? Yeah. What would you tell them? I think first I would ask the question, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of times we want to tell people something without really understanding what they're, what they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And I think if we would do more listening first, mm -hmm. we could understand how to set that person up. Because everybody, I met Miss Elmore, I don't know if you know her, she runs a transitional housing there. Nah. And something she said is very true. Guys come out of prison, they're not worried about no job or nothing. Mm -hmm. It's money. Is sex and drugs and is is women like it's mm. that thing and then mm. a cell phone. Right. That's your priority. And then once you get all that, a lot of guys are mm. like that. And I see it's true as I've worked in reentry for the past ten years. You women say that what's true? She said they when when guys come into the transitional home, mm -hmm. first thing they want is sex and drugs mm -hmm. and a cell phone. That's their top three priorities, and then the job. Hmm. And I. When I think back over all my years at Step Up, I work at the reentry house as well, mm -hmm. and I watch and I see, and that's I think that's what breaks my heart when you deny someone for something so long that they feel it's like what they were living off of. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people are using those things before they come in. You have your right. girl, you have your addiction, or whatever it is, money, power, whatever it is, and then it's taken from you, and then all of a sudden you come out. What's the first thing you're thinking about when you're in there? That's why I think it's important to get in there first. Mm -hmm. Work with them while they're still in there before trying to come home and tell them what to do. Yeah, yeah well. Say it. Prison, they, they're not going to. They. They. Yeah. You go in there, you're just going to work. They're not going to help you out. And that's mentally. what. That, so you said what's next? Mm -hmm. My goal is to get in there. Mm -hmm. Six months before someone's about to be released, we need to start working. Right. 90 days before they get to get released, those of us who are out here and know what you need. Mm -hmm. Why can't we file for their birth certificate? Why can't we have their social security card? Why can't we have all this stuff lined up so that when they come home, get your appointments together, do what you need to do, take 30 days, and I'll, let's get to work. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times you come home and people are hitting you with all the rules, regulations, and things you owe them. Mm -hmm. What you supposed to do with that? Why is mental health important? So my third year in prison, that when I was on the road squad, mm -hmm. I'm working on the road squad and I'm taking cable systems classes, fiber optic cables classes. And you got an instructor who comes in from the community college to teach us. Mm -hmm. And we sit in this like basement room and he was a problem. He would like to come into the class and be like rubbing himself against his, our shoulder mm -hmm. as he's trying to teach us. You got one time with me. I'm not going back, mm -hmm. right? I'm not violent. I'm not going, I just wouldn't go back to class. Mm -hmm. They put me in SEG mm -hmm. for six months. Why? Because I was in an unauthorized area. They didn't care what was happening to me. They didn't care when I told them, this is exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you deal with all these ways people are constantly violating your space and your rights and your this and your that. Mm -hmm. And then you're supposed to come home and be productive and strong. Mm -hmm. I think some of us naturally have a mindset to be able to do it. I think others have to develop it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to sit with someone and tell them, yo, you're worthy and deserve that of opportunity and respect. Mm -hmm. But it starts with you first. You have to respect yourself first. Right. And so I, I want to work with people before they come home. Mm. They don't want to let me in, though. 
<laughs> so how you go get in? I don't stop. You don't <laughs> tell me no. <laughs> what you mean? I'm going to figure out how to get you to tell me yes. So have you been setting out a plan? Or That's what why, that? I, I mean, working with Sway has mm-hmm. been amazing. Working with Wounded Healers, mm-hmm. Art Reentry House Plus, okay. trying to working with Rebuild. Mm-hmm. So, But a lot of times, even the case manager is the barrier, right? The mm-hmm. program manager. Mm-hmm. Like, you say you want to help. That's what you like to walk around talking about you help. Let me in. I'll help you help them. Right. Um, but you just have to be relentless. And until that day comes, then we're here to catch them on day one. When you come home, I'm there. When you want to call from the prison, I'll answer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all we can do for now. How do you manage all these titles and jobs? How do you? I'm the person behind the person. Right. Right. I don't need you to know anything about me. Mm-hmm. So I work a lot, the most closely with SWIT. So they get a lot of calls from the guys in prison. They'll mm-hmm. call me on Tuesday mm-hmm. just to have com- real-world conversations with someone and try to teach them how to have confidence in, in your speaking ability. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I just do it. And when you're passionate about something, right, that's mm-hmm. your passion. You know, I was looking at your picture of Kobe Bryant over there, mm-hmm. and I tell this all the time because I think it's hilarious. Everyone thinks Kobe's so great. He is great now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I don't want to fight. Okay, I didn't even mean it. <laughs> but everybody yeah. talks about that game where he ruptured his Achilles uh-huh, tendon, right. and he played anyway. Uh-huh. So I get out of prison. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Uh-huh. I don't even know I ruptured it. Uh-huh. I just think, like, I thought I hit it or something because uh-huh. I was jumping and I came down. And then my foot was messed up. Mm-hmm. I just got the job at the hotel. I walk on my ruptured Achilles tendon for an entire month mm-hmm. to prove myself to that job, to prove myself to the house, to prove myself to the PO, finally go to the hospital and do surgery. Mm-hmm. So he did it for four, well, the fourth quarter. I did it for a whole month. I'm better than Kobe. You better get on my team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love yeah. your energy. <laughs> But that's how I feel, right? So I could fight through a lot, mm-hmm. but the thing is there's so many of us who've come home and are passionate about helping, mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming because you're carrying everyone's story right. every day while trying to deal with your own pain and mess and story. That's where Rebuild changed everything for me because having... One, a black counselor. And usually I, I operate a lot with men. Mm-hmm. I've just, op- they, they taught me everything about life right. always. So having a woman who understands being a woman, being a black woman, being formerly incarcerated, all that, to sit and really help me figure out how can I do this and care for myself? How can I do it to the point where I don't break down anymore? It changed everything. Mm-hmm. It just changed everything. I feel so much like myself. And that's that's beautiful. I didn't even know who she was, <laughs> but I found her and we friends. <laughs> that's what's up. Uh, while you're talking, and I'm thinking back over some of the things you said. Did you know your father? Yeah, I know my dad. How, how was your relationship? I, by the way, you said that. Well, Luis, Luis is is a lovely man. Mm-hmm. I love I love my dad. Mm-hmm. I can't front. I love my dad. My dad loves drugs more than he loves us. That's just facts, right? Mm-hmm. So he's in and out and here and there. But that that period, right before I got arrested, like my dad became my best friend. Okay. He was a person, because he was good then. Mm-hmm. So I loved him and supported him, and he supported me, and everything was good. Just recently, he had a stroke, because he's still out there doing what he's doing, you know, mm-hmm. and not taking care of himself. And I left and went to Maryland to kind of take care of him. So I love my dad. Um, and I consider him like still one of my best friends. When my dad's over, he's that dude. Um, but so I, you, you did grow up with 
No, I oh, didn't, didn't grow up with him or okay. my mom. I would go back to New York every summer to mm -hmm. see my mom. And then every few years or so, he would pop up. Mm -hmm. So I always knew my family. Okay. I just wasn't with my family. Right. Mm -hmm. I was glad to know that you still love him. your best friend. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I was a monster. I'm not yeah. saying that to be funny. I mean, yeah. I did horrible things to survive, right. especially back then. Um, I have grace. I have forgiveness. Mm -hmm. um, I don't make excuses for it. Mm -hmm. I made the decision I thought was best at the time to do what I needed to do for me and mine. Right. But it does mean that I'm asking to be looked at for who I am right now. Right? Mm -hmm. And I look at my dad every time he's okay for who he is right now. And mm -hmm. I understand how hard it is mm -hmm. to, to just try and to not be scared, to not be a coward. He prayed. Mm -hmm. um, so I could love him through that. Right, right. Wow. Yeah. I can talk to you all day long. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't say that because they I they call me motor mouth. I right. just don't stop talking. Right. <laughs> I think I need some come up with some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's about it. Uh, you have anything else more to say? No. Huh? Um I hope if there's I don't know what kind of audience all listens to your show. Mm -hmm. But if you're an employee, I hope you could realize that you won't find better than us, mm -hmm. right? One of the thing about the people who went to college all those years, mm -hmm. do you know who the scientist is? Neil something, the black guy, he's so smart. Mm -mm. Neil deGrasse? No, I don't know. He, he was talking about how calculus and trigonometry are so important, mm -hmm. not for the math, but because it teaches your brain a new way to think. Mm -hmm. It develops critical thinking skills in people. Mm -hmm. We got that without going to college for four years, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Okay we did. then, <laughs> yeah. right? So if you're an employer, think of that. Right. I've been home 11 years, great credit, great salary, great history, still couldn't afford an apartment in my own name. Mm -hmm. If you're a landlord, you won't find better than me because mm -hmm. I'm gonna keep your place clean. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna mess it up because mm -hmm. it costs me something to get it. Mm -hmm. If you my neighbor, you don't gotta be scared of me because I'm not trying, I'm scared of you. Mm -hmm. You gonna call the police on me, right? You looking at us with fear mm -hmm. when we the biggest asset you can have because mm -hmm. we'll be loyal to you, we'll support you, we're not gonna bother you as long as you respect and give us our space. And I want the world to hear that. But more, for those of us who was incarcerated, I want you to just look at yourself and know you excellent and you are worthy and you have the right to fight yourself right. for success. We are critical thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't need no stupid calculus. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, that's it. How can people find what where they can find mm. Facebook, Instagram, anything? I mean, you could try to find me. I'm not really social media, but okay. it's Lisa Urena. L-I-Z-A-U-R-E-N-A. Mm -hmm. Nothing sounds like it's spelled. Right. And um, our organization, so darknessrisingproject.org mm -hmm. and darknessrisingproject on Instagram, Facebook, all the things. Okay. Well, there you have it with Lisa, and I'm not going to try her <laughs> last name. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Thank you Real so good. much. I had a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Stay tuned for another episode of the MPL4 Podcast. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the MPL4 podcast.